Hi, I'm Daniel Budai, and this is the Ecom Show, a podcast where you can learn more about the world of high-performing e-commerce players and marketers. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. Let's grow your e-commerce business together. Hey everyone, welcome to the next episode of the Ecom Show. And uh, Darius is uh, with us and he has an e-commerce agency and uh, he and his team help e-commerce companies to grow fast and efficiently using their uh, multi-channel approach. And I'm really glad to host him today in our show. And please, uh, Darius, tell us more um, how you help e-commerce companies to grow and what your agency exactly does. Cool. So, Daniel, first of all, thank you for inviting me to the show. So, it's really awesome to be here. So, a little bit more about us. So, what we do, we actually call ourselves as Facebook e-commerce growth agency, and we call it very strategically. Because while the main thing that we do is Facebook ads, uh, we are actually working with omnichannel marketing and building up the system for businesses to take them from like smaller level, like six, seven figures, straight into eight figures or multiple eight figures pretty quickly. So what we are doing is, first of all, I guess, starting with Facebook ads and then building up all these other channels in kind of like a way that we have developed to work. We have tested it quite a bit. And right now, what we are finding, it consistently is able to generate pretty good results and scale businesses. Mm-hmm. Okay, sounds great. So six, seven-figure businesses to eight-figure businesses. Um, I have a few questions to you, how you do it exactly. And you mentioned that you focus on Facebook ads. What else do you do to achieve this uh, this kind of growth? Yeah. Um, so I guess it would make sense just to talk a little bit about um, Wolf Framework and how we do it. Uh, and then, you know, add these things, what we do actually. So uh, we have this framework that you have developed and we call it Everest e-commerce growth framework in a way because we call it Everest because there's like multiple stages in growth of a business. And in different stages, just like in climbing in Everest, right, you have to change your tools, you have to change your thinking and how you're doing things. So at first, you know, what we always preach is having a good funnel and having a good base groundwork for any business to start from. This means uh, at first it's, you know, just having a best practice optimized landing page. When we add up uh, a good acquisition channel, usually in 95% cases, that's Facebook ads. And Facebook Pass, it's so vital because it's kind of like one of these channels. If you're getting success there, it's very easy for you to scale up to at least like 300K a month. Uh, and there's pretty much all businesses can scale up to this level. You can even hit like a few millions revenue from Facebook Ads, just by Facebook Ads. Yeah. <laughs> and idea is just focusing on one channel is what makes all the difference. Uh, because at the start, what I'm seeing, there's a huge mistake a lot of business owners that are making. We are starting with five, six channels. We are splitting their cash. We are splitting their money and attention and effort. And this is how we are like diminishing the potential of your business to succeed and become number one leader in any of these channels. So that's kind of like the trickiness of it. When we add uh, conversion rate optimization and actual A-B testing, because even if you have like the best, you know, best practices landing page, it will not be working 100%. And you have to, you know, do actually be testing because each business is different. And such so a small things as, you know, button color, you have found, you know, has like 25% impact 
an actual you know conversion rate you could be getting from your store then we start adding like what you're doing you know with emails sms's etc and just basically building up a retention funnel for agents for businesses yeah so, and increasing their profit yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. um yeah. and yeah so essentially it's so important to do it because you know Whenever you, I guess you know all these reasons, right? <laughs> when you acquire a customer, you know you should be making two to three sales to him because otherwise the map just doesn't make sense long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and uh, um, it's quite interesting that you mentioned that uh, focus on one channel because we have many folks, e-commerce uh, business owners, marketers who come to us and uh, they have a relatively low revenue, like 10, 20k per month and then they want to get started with emails this is their first business and i always tell them that you should focus on acquisition traffic and get the conversions because first you need that as you said you need a solid offer landing page you need to drive the traffic to the website get conversions get sales and after you can think about um email marketing and and getting more returning customers um what do you think should they test with with a landing page and you know co- different product pages and copy even uh colors of the co- uh, call to action buttons from the early stage or or they should just start with a simple landing page and just focus on traffic and facebook ads at the beginning So yeah, beginning is definitely, you know, get simple landing page, um, read up about best conversion rate practices, implement everything and start with that. Get to like 50K a month, 80K a month. And then, you know, hire somebody who is serial experienced to do the A-B testing for you. Because to learn it from the ground zero takes a lot of time and a lot of experience to know what actually is working versus what's not. And you could certainly learn it, right? But does it make sense when you're already pushing 50 to 80K a month? Because it will just impede your growth. And this is another kind of like a mindset shift that a lot of e-commerce owners has to make at one point or another. And mm-hmm. what I mean by it, you just have to learn to let go and optimize things and focus on actual business development, acting more like CEO versus, you know, actually being hands-on and doing everything you yourself, etc. Because this is what's, stopping you from growth especially if you're doing like five six channels at the same yeah, time yeah. yeah and and the person tries to learn each of them and yeah that's a that's that's crazy um actually many of our clients they are very good at facebook ads and they are very proud of it um but what do you think at what level they should hire someone or outsource it but not doing it anymore as a business owner Yeah, so we do have like personal a lot of clients reaching out to us that are, you know, at 50k level or something like that. And what we say to them, you know, even if you're like smaller, this is kind of like the same mantra we repeat, learn the basics yourself, right? Because uh, to get to 50k, 80k, honestly, anybody can do it with a little bit of time, etc. And the good advantage that you will have out of it is uh, that you will simply know, you know, if agency is lying to you or not in the future. Because like so many agencies are, you know, just basically not qualified to do what you're preaching. And it's like very, I personally, like, personally feel very frustrated 
because a lot of our past customers, you know, we in the past we were burned by our agencies. Yeah, and yeah. it's same story, right? Because like, I guess it, at the same time, because some people are looking for cheaper options, we do not get quality. So when you are small, you are not able to pay for quality. So you must rather just do it yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in the last episode, we talked with uh, Tim Kiroy, who sold two agencies, and he he worked in the e-commerce industry for more than 20 years. And he told that everyone wants to decrease the price, the cost, but uh, nobody wants to decrease the value. And I think it's crucial to get people to understand that uh, good agencies are not cheap, but the ROI is great and you won't... um, they, they won't let you down and you will see great, you will see great ROIs. And uh, just as a shoot, shoot out, I, I read your uh, case study yesterday that uh, you had a store. I, I forgot the niche, but basically they made around 200K per month and you scaled it up to multiple millions. Um, can you tell a bit more about this story? What, what you did exactly and... Because that's a great improvement, and it was in two months, I think. Yeah, it, it it was one of those, I guess, crazy stories that it's very hard to replicate again, right? <laughs> so um, I always like to be honest with people, and it was type of case study where we took like a business from making two hundred k per month mm-hmm. uh, to three point eight million per month in just like two months of scaling. It was literally like insane, and we had like some sleepless nights in that. But it's not very realistic to always be able to repeat that. It's yeah, not that you know it's just about marketing or something. Often it's about the backend processes that is kind of like stopping things the most. And this person, it wasn't mm-hmm. his first business. He had mm-hmm. the systems. He knew how to hire 30 people plus in, in a month, right? Mm-hmm. Wow. Our typical business owner, you know, if he hires 30 people, everybody can hire 30 people, right? Yeah. But to make sure we're doing job high quality, there's like systems in business in place, etc. Like huge props to the business owner itself. So there's like you know at least fifty fifty partnership here, and this is why mm-hmm. you know we even call ourselves as business partners because mm-hmm. we help them to solve a lot of these issues. But at the same time, you know, it's partnership. Both sides has to mm-hmm. put in effort mm-hmm. to get the result. Yeah, yeah, I think that's a great mindset to think as a partner and. We, we represent more and more this kind of mindset with our clients as well. Back then, we did only email, but now they face new and new uh, problems and we always want to innovate. And we started doing SMS, Messenger, uh, recently loyalty programs, and we have many new ventures. And most of them, they work well because we have great relationships with the clients. And I know that you have a similar approach that uh, we are not just some, you know, hired agency team of people, but we are almost like uh, business owners as well. We take ownership for what we do um, and yeah, what we test. So I think that's a great mindset. Um, and, and how do you combine these different marketing channels, especially... It's not a secret you also do emails, just like us. And I'm curious how you combine the traffic um, 
which is more like front-end and then the conversion, the, the offer on the website and after the back-end, the retention side. Um, yeah. yeah, I think you did touch on a very interesting topic because personally, I'm a huge believer that e-commerce is not just, just you know, about what you do mm-hmm. at separate channels. It's about, you know, a combination of everything that you do. It's like 360 yeah. view of, you know, hey, here's your e-commerce, but all these things what makes the difference. And essentially, we first started the agency as, you know, just, I guess, standard through to, you know, like we started with Facebook ads. But afterwards, we see, you know, to bring better results with Facebook ads, we need to have stereo and emails. Because this is the only way we ever could get to results like these crazy results hopping to 3.8 million a month, like two months. Otherwise, you know, it wouldn't be possible and you would be just praying, essentially, you know, to land a very good client that, you know, already would have everything like this figured out. So we took it into our own hands and how we are basically combining it is uh, first step is always like Facebook ads up to a certain level, you know, and whenever you're on starting with new clients, we do not do anything else besides Facebook ads for a first month. We mm-hmm. do a trial, we figure out, hey, it's actually like a client that we might, you know, enjoy working long term. So only when we, you know, you start adding all of our channels, we add on Syria, we add on emails, etc., and we found there's a huge problem managing these cross-channel things, especially if you start adding like other remarketing channels like AdWords and YouTube ads. And the goal is to actually go from uh, what you are seeing on, let's say, Facebook ads returns, but to go into the shop level. So basically, well, how we are working is in a way that we are not tracking so much as channel-specific cross, but tracking mm-hmm. the return that the client gets on the store. This is how we are able to factor on all these kind of like small nuances, different mm-hmm. channels, and making sure, you know, we are doing our job, but the client is getting the result. Because he doesn't care about what he's seeing on Facebook, like if it's ROS 1.5 or 3, yeah. as long as the store gets him like ROS 4.5. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting um, because we just had a conversation with a, it, a few episodes ago with with a guy with Droop, and uh, he said the same that he does Facebook ads and YouTube ads and CRO as well his agency, but uh, the main metrics they are on the website because people purchase there and Facebook ads, email, and all of these channels. Those are important metrics as well to understand the pipeline, the streamline of of, uh, people coming in. But still, the main thing happens on the website. Um, And I can see this trend in the last months or years that people focus too much on uh, ROAS and, and, you know, CPC, all of these numbers in Facebook ads, and they don't... They, they still care of, about the purchase rate and all of these on the website, but that's secondary. And I think that's the wrong order. Facebook ads should be should come after the website um, conversion and, and the website KPIs, not, not, not first and foremost. Yeah, exactly. And 100% agree. And... In the past, we had similar issues with clients who were like 100% focused on, hey, mm-hmm. I need to see like ROS 3 plus on Facebook yeah. and you can scale as higher as you can. And mm-hmm. it, it's not, you know, a secret like that as you're scaling, ROS are decreasing. So at a certain mm-hmm. point, you just hit, you know, this uh, diminishing returns 
and you're not able to scale past it. So the answer for us was exactly, you know, going to the shop level and actually, mm-hmm. you know, making sure we are hitting KPIs and actually mm-hmm. doing like we did work with CFOs and other e-commerce business owners for, I mm-hmm. think, you know, eight or eight for between eight months to 12 months. So close to a year in developing like a planning sheet that's basically able to predict the business uh, mm-hmm. profitability, taking a look year ahead and depending on the ROS and the ad spend levels at different channels. So it's quite mm-hmm. a complex system, but right now we are working it towards the level where, you know, we're able to see, hey, if we spend like, I don't know, a million a month, right, on ROS 1.5, we are getting this type of actual profitability after all the fixed costs about after cost of goods sold about about you know after every cost that the business has this is the exact profit he will have at mm-hmm. some level mm-hmm. and this is how we were able to determine you know certain sweet spots for a business to operate that and scale further mm-hmm. yeah so you can see every main uh, financial numbers in the business as well yeah yeah and once again you know i guess normally you wouldn't really be able to do it uh, mm-hmm. because to do it, it's very hard. It takes time and we can do it because we are just, you know, in boutique level agency and we are yeah. not working with many clients. So this is kind of like our edge our you mm-hmm. know, competitive advantage. Other business, mm-hmm. you know, goes for more of a client base and, you know, it's just business strategy essentially. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, I guess you do it because you can take more ownership on what you do and, to have the clients if you have fewer clients and yeah like ownership is the best word you can see every financial kpis what's happening in the business and you build it together yeah uh, if, if it's not a secret can i ask you how you how you charge the client so it's it's a fixed uh, fee or or you take some uh, revenue share or even equity or what is your approach on that so what we do first of all, essentially, with any new client is we do a trial. We do five weeks trial where we are trialing, you know, like giving a client essentially an option to familiarize with us. Plus, we are checking, you know, whatever it's the client we want to be working long term. We are getting back to that like boutique business model where we, are, we can be a bit picky about the clients we work with. Uh, so this is the first step and we do it for a fixed fee, uh, usually mm-hmm. four and a half thousand for these five weeks. And we just do Facebook ads then. And we just figure out, you know, hey, is there like some traction? Is there, you know, potential how a person is to communicate? Does he like to work with us? Does he like, you know, our work systems, etc.? And then we are able to create like a personalized package for them. So the package is, you know, depending on what, but all of our clients has at least serial on it. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Uh, package, you know, it's a fix plus a revenue share. And revenue share could be either from Facebook itself, uh, because it still makes sense, because you, even if you are improving Serio, right, uh, we are able to spend more on Facebook this way and mm-hmm. uplift our ROS on Facebook and still get our money back there. Uh, or we are charging more on the shop level if there's like a more channels that we are managing. Uh, so we are taking a few percentages from the shop ROS and uh, not ROS, but revenue. And depending on the level of a store, you know, it might differ. And uh, depending at the level that a client comes to us, it also is different. Mm-hmm. I see. Do you want to keep this approach or what are your plans? Do, do you want to get more clients from your current clientele type of clients? Or, or 
or do you want to keep keep it below a certain number of clients but bigger stores by you know after a few months and years so yeah um we are in a unique position right um i'm super thankful you know to the world and universe for that uh where we practically do not have like any client turnaround so this means pretty much no clients are leaving us uh, which does puts us in a very interesting situation where uh, we have quite a bit of demand, but we can't like fully fulfill it. Um, so we are quite selective. And the idea is for us not to go over like 20, 25 clients at any given time. Um, so that's kind of like a ceiling. We are like right now still below it, but we are like quite picky about whom we are working with. So I think right now, like we talked with my business partner, Justin, recently. So we are working with between one to eight or one to 12 leads uh, out of the leads we get. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, we, we have a bit different business model uh, because my agency, we are more uh, channel specialized and we focus on customer retention. And, uh, and I think we have very streamlined processes and uh, basically we, we have, you know, account managers and all of these experts who can, uh, Du- duplicate or replicate this success to more and more stores so that's that's interesting um, yeah. to hear your approach um, and also I know that I, I talked with many Facebook ad guys, experts and they told me that recently creatives are more important than ever a um, few years ago it was very technical uh, numbers number oriented this facebook ads game but now it's more about the creative than ever what do you think um yeah i well with creative you can get up to a certain level still you know like creative is important if you're looking only at facebook ad site right there are like a lot of other moving factors like conversion rate optimization and emails that we mentioned you know but if you're only looking at facebook ads uh, Facebook has did change a lot in the recent years. And in the past, you would have to, you know, micromanage everything. Now there's uh, Facebook artificial intelligence. It's more about knowing how to leverage it mm-hmm. to minimize your work at the same time, get better results. So it's kind of like cumulative effect. And the one thing that still he's not able to control is creative. Um, yeah. and you can get better with creative, but it's almost always up to a certain point because after a certain point, you hit diminishing returns and, you know, mm-hmm. you hit your best creative and you just can't go over it. Usually mm-hmm. best creatives are about, you know, depending on how well you manufacture them and what's your process, it's between two to 5% of creatives you will actually make. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's more about quantity as well. Um, I talked with this guy who worked with BBC and offline uh, marketing. He, um, they, they recorded ads uh, in TV in England. And uh, that one is more about quality because you record one uh, TV ad from, I don't know, $1 million or, or from a big, uh, big uh, bucket of, of money. Um, but here... In the Facebook ad world, it's more about quantity, right? Because most businesses have less budget and they um, they shoot a lot of videos and then they test them, which one is better. And the algorithm will decide and, and the audience. But in the TV, you have only one spot and only one video. So I think that's 
the, the approach is different, quality versus quantity. Um, yeah, but I wouldn't say, you know, like, you have to forgo the quality on the Facebook ads. Mm -hmm. um, to be frank, like, you know, average numbers for creatives to be working, you know, from the, what you're testing is between um, 20 to 30% if you're doing well. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I guess it's one out of three or one out of four creators that will be performing above your cert, you know, above certain mm -hmm. KPI. Uh, but how we are working it, we are creating SOPs and standard operating procedures and flows, how to take like videos that are kind of working. Uh, basically, take them, you know, to a small part, analyze them and be able to recreate. And we have these formulas right now, I think about 12 formulas that are consistently mm -hmm. working across different, you know, clients, the scripts. Uh, and usually, like, the scripts and the flows are very similar, right, what's working. So we have these identified mm -hmm. things. Yeah. And I would say we are, like, not really sacrificing much of a quality. Uh, and, and you still can combine both things because quantity is, you know, you can't avoid quantity. And if you're running a business with, uh, you know, to get to a 3.8 million, Basically, we had mm -hmm. just about 15 creatives a week, plus mm -hmm. a lot of like ad copies, etc. So that's only like video creators, photo creators mm -hmm. on itself. Mm -hmm. Yeah, makes sense. Um, and what do you recommend to e-commerce businesses, these six, seven low eight figure companies, if they want to have quality images and video where they should go? They should hire someone or there is a good way to outsource it. Um, they, maybe they should uh, hire Harmon Brothers for $100,000 to shoot one video or what's, what's your approach on this? Yeah, so depending on your budget, do not go to Harmon Brothers immediately. <laughs> That's kind of like, hey, <laughs> one of the stupid mistakes, mistakes you could do. Uh, at certain point, it could make sense. You know, if you're making $4 million a month, right? Uh, 100k isn't suddenly so crazy and you know it might work it might not you know but at mm -hmm. this level you are more about allocating certain money uh, just to play around and experiment and this is the perfect level to go and do this kind of crazy stuff uh, when you are just starting it's usually very hard to get creative footage uh, my simplest idea is just get it back shipped to your home and take your iphone and film a few videos and get somebody to edit it it's that simple mm -hmm. at the start. Afterwards, at least where we are, we have like three different pipelines. So one pipeline is influencer videos. So basically building up influencer funnel and getting regular content from influencers. Another thing is building the funnel to get the content back from the customers who actually yeah. bought the product. Mm -hmm. And you can do that by the way of emails. I bet you know Daniel certainly could help to do that. Uh, there are like some good, good ideas there. And the last one is, of course, we do have quite a bit of partners across US, across Europe, Asia, whom we are working with on filming and whatever, you know, it's different type of quality video you want to get. There mm -hmm. are like UGC videos that are, you know, more user-generated content lookalikes. Uh, so we have quite a bit of people to do that. And we have like four few key partners to do the video producing at, you know, high studio level. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, and uh, as you said, you, uh, you can use user-generated content. You can send uh, emails to recent customers to ask for a video testimonial and uh, 
we even did a, in an SMS campaign, we, we sent out a link. People could uh, click there and they could upload their videos to there. And anytime you can use it later in your Facebook ads, website and, and everywhere, it works. It works very well. So, so there are great ways to, to shoot uh, videos. You can outsource it. And I also know Design Pico. Um, and I think you, ma- you mentioned uh, another company last time that I forgot. But uh, there is Design Pico and there are these companies where you pay a flat fee every month and there is unlimited creatives. Um, unlimited videos, image, yeah, image. They're not really like unlimited, right? Uh, it's kind of like, you know, marketing thing, but you still get more than you pay for. So there's mm-hmm. like no limit creators. Uh, mm-hmm. With Jeff, uh, as a founder, I know him. He's a pretty cool guy and we do pretty mm-hmm. good service. Certainly doesn't cost a lot, but I guess even if you're like very, very beginner, just film it with iPhone and get somebody maybe on Fiverr or on, on yeah. Upwork to edit it, it will be even cheaper. Because you do not need like a lot of content at start. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and we talked about Harmon Brothers. So there is this six, seven figure level. They scale up. They start doing CRO. They start doing emails, retention. Um, they have good products. And what's the next level after? What do you think? They even reach the eight figure level. And what's the, what's the next step to really, you know, become yeah. a big brand? So I would say, you know, uh, getting back to the Everest framework, you know, below 50K, you just focus one channel and that's it. Uh, after 50, 80K, adding Serial makes sense. Then just having the stack, you know, and, you know, depending on the situation, you could be thinking about adding emails at this level. Uh, personally, we sometimes like to push it even a bit further, but, you know, it depends on the niche and the client and the business. Yeah. Uh, but this is kind of like the stack that can take you to, to be frank, very easily to 8 million. Mm-hmm. Uh, not 8 million, 10 million, 8 figures. <laughs> but yeah, basically it can very easily take you to 10 millions a year in revenue with just one key marketing channel. It doesn't mean it's smart, but you can do that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and afterwards, what I really like to recommend people to do it is play around with our channels, invest money, and never, never really sit on just, you know, relying on one channel. Yeah. Uh, allocate a bit of budget, play with YouTube ads, play with AdWords. And this is what we are doing right now, like playing with your other channels, just seeing what works, what sticks for these clients. Mm-hmm. And when we identify what's working, and even, you know, it's very good when you're having this such a huge push coming, uh, of traffic coming from Facebook. So, for example, for that business that we have scaled to 3.8 million, right? We had like 162K of revenue coming from, I think, one and a half thousands of uh, ad spend just for remarketing channels on YouTube mm-hmm. and AdWords. So that was like raw 87, just like wow. that. Yeah. <laughs> and this is kind of like the groundwork you have. And you basically, you can use this revenue to finance all of the call traffic acquisition on these channels and experimentation mm-hmm. you would have to do. So basically, we are left here with at least 100K of profits from that channel. We can use mm-hmm. this profit just to experiment and play around with stuff yeah. till we find what works yeah. on the acquisition. So, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's another level. But afterwards, once you have enough cash, start investing in influencers very heavy and start doing celebrity marketing. That's another level. And this is what separates like multiple eight figure level from eight figures. 
it's usually, you know, celebrity marketing, influencers, and actually building household name. It's also perfect time to start investing in CEO, which we do not do, but we have like few, few people we can recommend. Um, mm-hmm. So investing in CEO makes sense at this level. And from the CEO, uh, you could even go further and actually start doing collaborations with other influencers in the field. Because when you're doing like 20, 30 million, you can find like very solid influencers. And let's say do a makeup collection, a collaboration of makeup or something, which will help you to push and squeeze out the maximum from lifetime value of each customer you get. Because like women, especially like women about cosmetics, they're crazy. And even if you're, let's say, a buy one pallet of cosmetics, uh, we might not fully use it, but we will buy another because this is, hey, this is a SpongeBob collection. It's limited edition. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you get how psychology is working here. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and this is the level where you really start building a brand. Yeah, and PR comes in as well, and maybe even TV after a while or radio. Um, maybe I, I think at the nine-figure level it comes in, but after a while it's more about branding and putting out your name, building your reputation, and influencers as you said so yeah that's another level um i have one more question to you so um is there any piece of advice that you would give to our audience and you you didn't mention yet Mm, yeah that's a good one (laughs) um what is the most uh, of your audience level currently at Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah sure so um I think most of them, they are in the six, seven figure level. And uh, I'm sure there are many guys who just want to start out or or just started out. They are experimenting with their first ads, first creatives. And and I hope we also have some bigger eight figure uh, uh, listeners as well. So it's very mixed, but I think uh, they are all e-commerce marketers and and agencies as well and um yeah i think they are before this branding phase um and i actually i think they are quite similar to your uh, audience and clients yeah okay makes sense um so what i would give as a like kind of like the best advice you know it wouldn't be like marketing related or something mm-hmm. but um Understand what your thinking has to change when you're going from one level to another, because, you know, what brought you to like six or seven mm-hmm. figures will most likely yeah. not get you to eight figures. And you just have to evolve as a person and leave your like old thinking behind and mm-hmm. basically be able to take it, this kind of new level of thinking that will allow you to grow. Because I personally had to grow through this. And whenever you're building this agency, you know, you start, you know, being the first person there you know, doing everything yourself and you have to hire people to be able, you know, there's a huge mental roadblock of being let, able to let go of things. And there's another very good lesson is being able to grow other people. And we are, for example, right now in agency, I'm at this game where my job is grow people and help them to develop and evolve and grow mm-hmm. and not to do things myself, but actually guide other people to do great things. So it's very interesting but it has to happen if you want to grow as a business. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a solid advice. And I, I can just repeat you because the things what took you here at this current level, will, they, they won't take you to the next level. And you always have to improve and change and, 
and start doing new things, experimenting with new things, and then leave all things after a while. So yeah, it's it's personal development, not just business development. It's very interesting. Um, Darius, thanks for uh, thanks for coming to our uh, podcast. I think it was a great uh, talk. And uh, if anyone wants to find you, where they can find you? <laughs> yeah, so thank you, Daniel, for inviting me once again. You know, it's, it's always a pleasure to talk on shows like this. Um, so people can find me on www.atkings.agency. Uh, this is our like Atkings agency website. And at the same time, I'm also like, running a similar group to yours on Facebook. And it's called uh, e-commerce 788, growth, uh, 788 figures growth mastermind. So... Uh, you can still reach it through our website, so that's one of the things. Uh, also, I did start like a small podcast. We are still experimenting, and we are kind of like in belief that you have to do like this minimal value tests. Mm-hmm. What you do is you take a thing, you run with it for like quarter or two, you see how it performs, whatever audience resonates, and you adapt. So this is what we are doing with our podcast right now, just playing around, basically having some fun and seeing what actually people need in the market. Yeah. yeah, that's a great approach. Um, we will put all of these links below the podcast in the description and everyone can uh, find that. Um, Darius, thanks again for coming and, uh, and stay tuned. We are coming out with, uh, with a new episode every Thursday. Okay, thank you, Daniel. Hope you enjoyed this episode of the Ecom Show podcast. If you want to learn more about e-commerce, retention marketing, check out our Facebook group called Top 3% E-commerce Email Marketing or check out our website, thebudaimedia.com. The show is brought to you by the team of Budai Media. See you in our next episode and don't forget our goal. Grow your e-commerce business together.